So, are you DTFF? Once again, here is Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Good evening, everyone. Happy Tuesday if you're joining us live, and thank you so much if you are. We truly appreciate it. We are back. Another fantastic episode this week. We are going to do a little bit of a recap here. We're starting our recap series, kind of talking about some of the things that happened last season, position by position. This week, we're going to start with the quarterbacks. Excuse me. They got you all verklempt. You're so excited to talk about these quarterbacks, you can't even begin to talk about them. Or maybe it's kind of gross, so I don't want to talk about it, and I'm choking. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. There's probably a little of both. There's, there's going to be some both in there, let's be honest. <laughs> Before we get into it, though, Jake, my most favorite co-host, how are you this week? Man, I feel like I'm at the crest because the, the season, the true football season, is nigh. The end of it is nigh. We are two games away from having a champion, and I don't know how to feel about it. I was, as I'm sure you were, a little bummed this past weekend to see our beloved Jacksonville Jaguars, which we now stand, get the stanky boot from the playoffs. But they put up a good fight, and so Mm -hmm. I feel good about that. They sure did. Uh, We're certainly going to talk about at least one of those guys a little bit later on. Rito, I am excited to see how things shake out for the Super Bowl. Do you have a pick out of these four remaining teams? Do you have a favorite out of uh, Kansas City, Philadelphia, uh, those other teams? Those are my two picks, by the way, to make it to the Super Bowl. Cincinnati and San Francisco. There you go. Yeah. Do you have a favorite? If I had to pick one, I think I would lean Cincinnati. Um, otherwise philadelphia would be a very close second those are the two i hope make it to the super bowl yeah but yeah if i had to root for one it's probably the afc team this year nothing against the eagles nothing against any of those teams like they're all great teams although it would be kind of cool to root for san francisco with mr irrelevant winning a super bowl that 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 would be kind of nice could shove nice that or... in Tom Brady's face forever. Yeah, you're For good, but did you win a Super Bowl your rookie season? Yeah, you were Tom? a sixth round pick, but you weren't Mr. Irrelevant. God, seems so lame by comparison. No, and that would be a great story. And, and they are and, a team that could do it. Yeah, and CMC, like, you know, he says such a good career. It'd be nice to see him get a championship as well. Yeah. Because you know on the Panthers that was never gonna fucking happen. So the fact that he actually has that opportunity now is pretty cool. Uh, I think that'd yeah. be nice for him. But ultimately, yeah, I think the Bengals. I, I, there's something about them. Joe Burrow, Chase, Higgins. Team of destiny kind of thing. That's yeah. The vibes you're getting. Yeah. We'll see. But I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited for this last. And we got to savor these last couple of weekends. Three if you count the Pro Bowl, which I don't. Uh, I don't count it, but I actually might tune in this year. Uh, only because they're changing everything up, and you've got uh, Pete Davidson and Snoop Dogg as the captains for the Pro Bowl teams, which yeah, I, I think is pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, and I was saying this to my wife this weekend when I saw that. I'm like, 
Pete Davidson, really? I don't get the appeal of him. And I was kind of going off on a tangent here, but sure. it's like I just I don't I don't get the appeal of him. I don't I don't understand it. What is it? What is it that you don't get? Just everything? Just the whole Pete Davidson vibe? Yeah, that you don't show with? Eh, eh. I don't know what I'm doing. Eh. First of all, he'll do no shortage of that for the Pro Bowl. I hope. Also, do you think we could get the Pro Bowl at some point to be like that old MTV show Rock and Jock? Remember that, where they'd be like musical artists and mm-hmm. athletes together on a basketball team on like five on five, and it was amazing. Maybe that they could do amazing. something like that. You should you should float that out to the NFL and see what they have have to say because that would Free be pretty idea. rad. Roger, take that. I'll send a note about it. <laughs> I mean, right. think about it. We... If, if, if you were to get like you know some of the Jonas Brothers out there and shit, like you get a whole different demographic of of watchers just to exactly watch the right. Pro Bowl at least, and then maybe they'd be like, oh, that football player is cute. Maybe I'll watch football. I know I'm generalizing, oh. and that's I shouldn't do that, but. Uh, it's a very superficial thing, but especially because only remains. two of the Jonases are cute. I think that was the greatest generalization that you just made. But I How do think uh, there's ways you. to spruce it up. <laughs> there's ways to spruce up that that weekend. That's all we're saying. Yeah. But we don't have to talk about that any further. For the love of Not God, quite yet. we can get into the rest of this episode. I guess if we so choose. So, Jake, you provided our beer for us this evening. Would you like to tell us and the listeners all about it? I would as I unzip my little, uh, my beer cozy here just to make sure I get this exactly right. Oh, (laughs) glad I finished that unzip. No, this is a Uh Southern Tier beer. I love Southern Tier brewing, but they do tend to be on the sweeter side. That's why typically these are one and done beers for me. I'm assuming Mm -hmm. this will be the same. It's an Irish cream stout. Never seen this before. Never quite seen a beer like this before. I'm imagining it's like a Bailey's cream meets beer situation. Dustin, have you taken a sip yet? What do you think? I haven't. It's got a nose in it. It's got an interesting aroma to it. I smell the Bailey's. Yeah, that's what I smell. It almost and and maybe it's a mental thing, because when I look at the uh, the bottle here, uh, put it up to the camera for folks to see. It's green and it's got the uh, the four leaf clover. So yeah. I I immediately thought like mint or like cream to mint. Oh right. That's so when a, I that's sniffed a it, fuck. yeah. So I, when I sniffed it, I kind of I think just got that whiff, even though it, it's not in there at all. You it, had a Pavlovian response to the shamrock on there, but it's not shaky. It's oh. not McDonald's shamrock shaky. But I think it is exactly like Bailey's and a stout. It's kind of like uh, it, one of those drop shops that you, shots that you would do in that fashion. I don't know. Yeah, it's not bad. I don't it's, hate it. It's a very thin body. Very thin body. I, for a stout, there's not a lot of body that way. There's not a lot to it uh, body wise. Yeah. Uh, you like a thick stout. You like a thick body on your stouts. That's what I know about you. But there's one thing little, I know about you. Yeah, there's a little bit of hot bitterness to it, but not a lot. It's, it's The hops really aren't there a whole lot. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of like a cream soda, mm. more than like a That's like a Bailey's. Off. It's like a stout with like cream soda in it. That's what it tastes I, like to me. I think that's a better description. I think that I would have bought uh, eight packs of this if that had been the description on the bottle. So maybe they should change that. I like it. We'll see yeah. how it fares towards the end of this episode as it starts yeah. to get sweeter and sweeter. 
Dustin, I'm sure that you like this beer maybe a little bit more than the beer payout that we have to do from last week's bet. Just maybe? Uh, Just I think maybe? I'd rather take the payout. Really? Who, who doesn't oh, like Fireball? God damn it, that's right. Not a sponsor, do... but please be a sponsor. Hashtag maybe <laughs> almost a sponsor. We'll see. But do you want to recap last week? Sure. So the bet last week was, and this is a bet that I, I threw out there, uh, wide receiver room versus wide receiver room, KC versus Jacksonville. Uh, and Jake, you took Jacksonville, much to my dismay. And I, and I was very explicit on the episode last week. Just wide receivers, no tight ends. Correct. Because that would have changed just dramatically. I Just for the record. Oh, yes, it would. <laughs> so Kansas City had 26 points for all their wide receivers. Yeah, okay. Nothing great, but not terrible. Well, lo and behold, Jacksonville, 37.1 in a row. It's just incredible. Not bad. So I got my ass handed to me in this beer bet. Um, So, Jake, as I grab my fireball, you're an amazing fantasy football prognosticator slash genius. That's so kind of you to say. Completely unscripted and unprompted. I really appreciate that. As you're doing your traditional shot of fireball, I do want to point out, Travis Kelsey had more points to himself than all of the Kansas City receivers combined, and I think all of the Jaguars receivers combined, at least very close. He just dominated. So I'm glad I avoided those receivers (laughs) based on that. Because he's always, uh, as we've long said on this show, especially this year, one of the greatest fantasy assets ever. You'd be a fool not to believe that. That's right. That's right. Okay. So, Jake, do you have a DFS update for us? I I sure do. And it's a sad DFS update. So, last uh, we went ahead, as we do on this thing, and we put a fiver into Underdog. And here's who we bet on. Here's who we put the props for. We went heavy on the Jaguars, as we're inclined to do. We had Trevor Lawrence higher than 245 and a half passing yards. He only hit 217. So his receivers did a lot, but he did not do a Mm -hmm. lot passing. Travis Etienne, we were wavering on this one a little bit. Over 13 and a half receiving yards. We hit the high. It was 18 receiving yards on that, so that was nice. nice. Zay Jones hit his, crushed his. We he had him over his. 51 and a half receiving yards. He had 83. That was wonderful to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick Mahomes hobbled, came off yeah. in, uh, was it late in the second quarter, I believe, mm-hmm. for a series. I think that's what caused this. We took the over on 307 and a half passing yards, only had 195. He was a different guy after the injury. So that's what I blame that on. Devonta Smith, this one's harder. Devonta Smith, 63 and a half yards. We took the higher on receiving. Had 61. Oh. Not get there. Oh, Wouldn't matter, of course, but it still stings. I know. That one, that one really does sting. Oh. Yeah. I hate like it when it's that close. I'd rather he would have had like 10 yards receiving than 61. <laughs> at least at least I lost by a lot. Like this, it's like yeah. you couldn't have had two more yards. You couldn't have got Two more yards somewhere in there. Like, well, two on. more yards would have made well, it even okay. worse. If he'd been 63 three. and Fine. the prop three. was 63 and a half. The point remains, <laughs> he 
cooked us eat that out somewhere for us. I guess not. he didn't do it for us. No. That's okay. Still, believe I, guess, I guess we'll see if we believe okay. in him maybe later on in the episode That's when it right. comes back around to this. That's right. All right. So, Jake, you said we have a fresh new drunk trade of the week. So should we get into it? Let's do it. Drunk, 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 hammer, drunk, 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 trade of the week. Dustin, I gotta say, I'm thrilled to talk about this one, mostly because of all of this context. This is unlike any trade format that we've dealt with in the past. So this one comes from at Bearsuit Joel on Twitter. This is a 12-team PPR Dynasty League. There are yardage premiums involved. He didn't specify exactly what those premiums mm-hmm. were, but you get the general sense of what that means. It's also a salary cap league. Nice. Not only is it a salary cap league, it is an IDP league. Oh. Not only is it a salary cap IDP league, it is a head coach league. You have to choose a head coach as well. I don't. I didn't ask too many questions. To bear suit Joel, but if I if I could ask unlimited questions, I would say, what in the fuck do you do with a head coach? How does that even work into the scoring? I don't yeah, know. I I've, I've heard of it before, and like some of the other podcasts I listen to, it'll like get brought up like just briefly, and it's I I've always wondered what that is. I want to know. So I want to know too, but I don't know enough, or I don't want to know enough to Google. Apparently, that's my line with this. I want to know, but not enough to punch that into the old Google machine. But anyways, with all that formatting, here's the deal. You start one quarterback, one running back. That's important. Only one running back. Two wide receivers, a tight end, and two flex. It's a little bit condensed on the offensive side, I'm guessing, because of the IDP and all that involved. But the offer is this. They sent away an offer to get Travis Etienne. They would be giving up. DK Metcalf and Calvin Ridley. They say, I'm weak at running back. The only other running backs that they have are Damian Pierce and Rashad White, stacked everywhere else. And ETN is $1 against the $90 cap. Every player would have a certain cap designation, like real contracts work in the NFL. This is about as close to a real NFL type of fantasy league. I think you're going to find which is pretty neat. But there's a lot involved here. By the way, there were four IPAs deep when they made this offer. Got to get that in there. Four IPAs deep. Uh, Mr. Scampers also wants to know in the chat, by the way, what's the backstory of the name Bear Suit Joel? I don't know, Scampers. Add that onto the list of questions that I want to ask this person, though. (laughs) Dustin, who said a lot. I've said a lot. Too much, arguably. What do you think about... The league in general. Let's not even talk about the trade just yet. What about this league in general? Are you interested in something like this? I am. And so just I was doing a little Googling while you were talking here. So this one article I found, I'm sure there's um, many different ways to do this. It says um, currently proposed scoring breakdown would be plus two for win, minus two for loss, minus one for tie, and then plus one, minus one for each five points of margin of victory or loss. So basically, you're just getting additional points based on the head coach you choose that week. Sure. Oh, and it's 
and that's for that version. Maybe it's per week, or maybe right. in this version with Dynasty, you got to, again, draft a coach to stick with them, which could get very interesting uh, very fast because turnover is, is quite something. I'm really interested in something like this. It would be intimidating as all hell. I'd need Absolutely. to take one of these things on individually first. I'd get and an IDP, IDP. <laughs> once upon a time. I probably won't do one again. Um, I would be interested in the salary cap aspect of this greatly. Mm-hmm. But anyways, with all that said, Travis Etienne, who we love on this podcast, obviously, versus DK Metcalf and Calvin Ridley. I don't know what the cap is for DK and Calvin to that extent, but it seems largely more than ETN. seems like a big deal that ETN is only a dollar. All of this is what's because he's on his rookie contract. So one thing I do know about contract leagues or salary cap leagues is that you rookies that are, or players that are on their rookie contract have very low salaries as like the NFL. And then once they're off their rookie contract, they get signed or, you know, extended, then their cap hit goes up accordingly based on whatever their their actual contract is. So this is all based on like real contracts. You're so wise. Yeah, I do know that much at least. So Calvin Ridley poses an interesting thing then at that with his now signing with Jacksonville. That that Mm -hmm. throws maybe an interesting wrinkle into this. But I mean, Travis Etienne, if we strip away everything else, Travis Etienne for DK Metcalf and Calvin Ridley, it seems like I would lean still on the Metcalf-Ridley side of things, mm-hmm. typically, in a typical yep. dynasty league. Would you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. But seeing how this is a salary cap league, yep. you're gaining all that salary cap that you can use on incoming rookies in your rookie draft or free agents out on the waiver wire or other trades you can make, you know, all that goes into account there. So, and especially since he says he's stacked everywhere else. I mean, if he's giving up DK and Calvin Ridley and he still says he's stacked, like he's got to have some good wide receivers there yet. So yeah, let me give get... you his list of other receivers just so you know, right. he gave me some contacts. It was a little bit too much to fit in into the slide. Here, no, no, I love that. Would still have Cooper cup, Stefan Diggs, Debo Samuel, Hollywood Brown, Chris Olave, and yeah, Rashad smash. Bateman at least. So yeah. Smash. Oh yeah, I would smash that. Yeah. Getting all that cap space back. Um and again, if I mean I shouldn't say again, but you need that cap space because if your existing players get contract extensions or they, you know, whatever, that's gonna affect your roster makeup and you may have to end up cutting them or trading them to be able to be under your salary cap. So having that extra space while still having all those studs. Yeah, go for it. And Love you figure it. a buck a piece, I guess for Damian Pierce and Rashad white as well in this format, yeah. but you're super yep. cheap at running back the way it ought to be for an NFL team, right? You just mm-hmm. go as cheap as possible, as young as possible and hope for the best. And then go into the pool with wide receivers. This must be what real GMs feel like in a league like this. I wonder how many trades get done in the real NFL after four IPAs, Dustin. I don't know. Probably not nearly enough. There should be more. <laughs> That's what there we're should be. For. I love this trade. I, I love everything about it. Very unique. So thank you very much, Bear Suit Joel, for participating in that. Yeah. And a good evening to you, Scampers. Thank you for joining us. As always, we love having you in the chat with us. Yes, and Scampers, if you have ideas of, of what... Bear suit Joel means to yourself, uh, share that in the chat as well. That would be fun. 
I mean, I think the obvious is his name is Joel and he wore a bear suit once. Just once? One or time may- is enough to get you that? Oh, depending on how the evening goes or the day. <laughs> I shouldn't say it's just an evening, but it could be a day. Contextual. I mean, or the time period. Like, it, I mean, yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, that's right. You know how nicknames work. Like, all <laughs> it takes is one time and it's stuck with you forever. So, <laughs> that is too true. Too true. All right. Do we move on to the main event here, Dustin? Yeah. Let's get into it. So, yeah, we're talking quarterbacks this week. I'm going to go through. 1 through 12, real quick here. Just just fire them off based on total points for the season. And then after I go through that, we can kind of start picking and choosing, you know, who we want to discuss, where things, maybe some players for next redraft season, where we think they're going to land. We could do a little dynasty talk in there too, dynasty values, heavy et dynasty cetera. talk for these ones. This is the most interesting position, I think, personally so, for yeah. me in dynasty right now. So yeah, we're going to be kind of far and wide here with our, our topics of discussion and, and where we go. So top 12 based on total points. We got Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Geno Smith, Dustin Fields, Kirk Cousins, Trevor Lawrence, Daniel Jones, Jared Goff, and Justin Just Herbert, and then Tom Brady at number 12. Tom just could not let us have one season with him outside I know. the top 12. He couldn't do us that solid. What is so, it, So, Jake, let me throw you a question. What are some of the big surprises in this top 12 for total points? In total points, I think the standouts are obvious here of what we did not expect to happen coming into the season. Geno Smith, we talked about him a few episodes ago. Just what a lovely gift he was to you early on on waivers if you picked him up, uh, which I did. It did not help me as much as it should because the rest of my team was trash. But Gino did his part, and that's what matters. I think Kirk Cousins is interesting to talk about here at uh, QB7. Kirk Cousins still did not get his due coming into the season. I I think he was still extremely underrated as a guy who's not going to lose you weeks and that's Mm -hmm. really what he did but he just did it it a bit more extravagantly this week uh, or this this season i Mm -hmm. should say yeah and and just that add on there jake real quick he was 11th overall in points per game so i mean he was easily top 12 both any way you try to look at it yeah don't try to to brush him off because he just played all the games people like to do that which i understand to some extent, but Kirk Cousins definitely did for fantasy deserve his spot here. But Daniel Jones is a huge one. Mm-hmm. We've talked about Jared Goff a little bit, actually quite a lot. I don't know if we need to dive <laughs> into Jared Goff too much more. Daniel Jones, though, is the guy mm-hmm. that I think myself included, everybody just went, well, if he's sitting there in the last rounds of the draft, he'll be a guy all stacked with another quarterback and just see what shakes out. And that's as much confidence as I gave into him. But mm-hmm. here's what I want to talk about with Daniel Jones. That's very important. We talk about rushing upside all the time here. Mm-hmm. It's the Konami code factor. But like, I just want to distill this into one little metric from this season. The QB rushing leaders. So anybody who got more than 40 rushing yards per game, here's that list. Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, 
Jalen Hurts, and Daniel Jones. All five of those guys finished inside the top 10 in points per game. Mark Jackson obviously did not play very much, um, mm-hmm. unfortunately. But Daniel Jones has, the, I hate saying this, I hate it, sneaky rushing upside. Because Daniel and, As Jones, we said last week, he's a scooter. He knows how to scoot. He's a scooter, and everybody remembers that play where he ran really far and tripped before he got into right. the end zone. And I no, swear that's... to God, that's what is discounting him from getting the same Konami code sort of love that these other guys no, get. He, 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 it's interesting, Jake, because this is one one player I wanted us to have a conversation with. When I was looking at the list, I'm like, Daniel Jones, what you know? What are we feeling about him after this season? Because he definitely took a step forward this year, I feel like. Uh, sounds like he's going to remain with the Giants. I know he's um, a free agent after this year. He's one of their free agents. Sounds like they want to keep him on board, which is awesome. Like they should. Like he's a very serviceable quarterback. The fact that he was ninth overall in total points and points per game. Like he was he was top 10 in both. So it's not like, oh, yeah, he had some big blow up games and, you know, kind of like Kirk Cousins, you know, basically. And the fact that he did all of this this year with the Who? sisters of the poor wide receiver core, like, I, I mean, I, I, it, it, Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard that was injured for half the season, Richie James, whoever His that is. I mean, Saquon Barkley, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, right? he did this all with essentially no alpha wide receivers on the team. Yeah, no And stars. I think I mean, I think that the Giants are going to go out and either try to trade for one or sign one of the big name free agent wide receivers this year to really help bolster that wide receiver core. So they have that one alpha. So, yeah, I want to play a game. So if they do that, say they sign, I don't I don't even know who's a. Well, that's what I want to talk about in a little bit. But let's get through this game first, because I don't know about the free agents. So just say, assuming they sign one or maybe they draft one of the very highly coveted wide receivers in this draft class. Okay, the top tier. Okay. Yeah. What does that do for Daniel Jones for you for next season going into redraft? For knowing redraft. that he finished knowing that he finished inside the top ten. Yeah. And 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 say they bring in this alpha wide receiver. And it's going to be a second year in in the McAdoo offense. Mm-hmm. What 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 are you going to be drafting? Is, is he going to be someone you're identifying? Maybe in like the if if you're waiting a little bit on on quarterback, not getting one of those elite mm-hmm. top you know five wide, uh, quarterbacks. Yeah, is he someone you're going to identify possibly in like the eighth or ninth round? Get him a little bit early, but just knowing that he finished inside the top 10 this last year? It's not that he finished inside the top 10. That's not what's going to do it for me. What's doing it for me with Daniel Jones is the Konami code aspect of him, the underrated Konami code aspect. And what you said, it doesn't matter to me necessarily who they bring in at wide receiver. And I don't know that they're going to have a ton of options. Maybe they could trade for somebody. Maybe one of these guys who's on the outs, maybe Brandon Cooks, who wants out of Texas so bad. Or maybe he wants uh, Elijah Moore, who's disgruntled over with the Jets. Maybe they could get somebody like that. Because the free agent pool, 
I will note, is topped by Juju Smith-Schuster, and then pretty much Sterling Shepard is, is the next on that list. So that okay. makes it difficult for the wide receiver part. I would still be interested in him, supposing that his ADP is outside of the top uh, 12 guys. Which I'm assuming it it's going to be. easy click off for me because he is going to get the rushing upside. He has not had a season like this before. And I understand that like 700 yards for him is a lot. And maybe some of that has to do with the fact that he didn't have a ton of receivers to throw to. And he felt like he had to take it on himself to do it more. Or maybe it's just the system and they're letting him do what he's good at because he is good. Exactly. So I'm into it. I think Saquon coming back or not coming back actually does play a decent sized role in this decision, though. And he seems like he's willing to take a pay cut for what it's worth. Saquon has come out and I said, think, like, I'm not going to reset do, the market. Yeah, I think he's going to end up coming back. Um, I think anyone is, I mean, they weren't expected to make the playoffs this year. Like, the fact that they made the playoffs, I think, I, I you know, some players are different, but if players can see they've got a good thing going, like, you know, the Giants finally got, you know, good GM, good coach. They took a step, a huge step in the right direction this year, and they're trending in the right direction. Like, if you have that opportunity to really, like, be on a good team that you can win a Super Bowl and kind of cement your legacy with a Super Bowl victory, yeah, why not? I mean, and... And he ain't going to get tons of money elsewhere. Yeah, the running, that. especially the running back market, like that's just and an off injured one. Like he's he's very mm-hmm. aware of his circumstances. So mm-hmm. I do think that Daniel Jones is is definitely an intriguing redraft guy as we get closer. Uh, I think now is the time to get him in dynasty before they potentially add assets. I mm-hmm. hope that they get him a decent tight end, and I hope that they use that tight end better than they did Evan Ingram when he was still with the team. Uh, maybe Mike Kosicki finds his way over here from the Dolphins. And maybe that would actually be good for Daniel Jones. I'm still not into Gasicki for fantasy, of course. But that could really uh, that would bum me out, too, because I really like uh, Bellinger, you know, coming off his rookie season. Like, sure. he had a very solid rookie year. I know he had that injury in there that kind of derailed things for a while. But, I mean, I, I do like his upside. So I would hope they wouldn't bring in someone to compete with him. Hey, they could both do good things. Especially if there's no receivers to throw to. Well, okay, you know? that's fair. Just yeah, just, just yeah, sign Gasecki as a wide receiver, and then it'll be fine. I do love that. We we should just briefly with Jared Goff, just just call attention to it. Mm-hmm. What's your maximum price that you're giving away for him in Dynasty right now? I think you are potentially lower on him in Dynasty than I am. I think we talked about that, but like, what's your maximum? offer for him a first plus uh he's worth more he's he's worth more than just a first because i do think he's gonna end up being the starter at least in detroit for at least the next couple seasons Mm -hmm. i don't think they're gonna draft anyone high profile they've got other holes they need to fill and he did really well this year so i don't i don't think they're gonna go with someone else so but he's not worth two firsts, in my opinion. First, I mean, especially in like a super flex league. Maybe a first and someone like I'm James Conner. 
throw a running back onto the sure. mix that has yeah. like yeah. decent value, but is yeah, degrading. like a second round value, basically like a first and a second, basically. Is I think what I would pay. Fair. I like that. I like that. Obviously, Tom Brady, if this fucking guy comes back next year, if he does it, and he's probably gonna do it just because, uh, would you still remain interested for a redraft? Would he still be on your damn radar for a redraft at this point? At 46 I, years old. For me, I probably shouldn't bet against them, but probably not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know I wrote him off like eight seasons ago already, but yeah. um, I don't. Daniel Jones gonna... versus Tom Brady on the clock. They're both there at wherever you want to draft a QB. Who'd you take? Ugh. For one um, year. Ugh, we just talked about Daniel Jones. I know. In a positive light. Don't give him the I know. I know. Uh, I would take Daniel Jones. Okay. <laughs> he's got more like. he's got more scoot to him <laughs> he's got a lot more scoot to him than father tom brady does right now um G- did we want to touch on gino any more beyond just an amazing story because like holy hell i mean so damn. okay do you where where would you feel comfortable drafting him next year or redraft next year with gino smith just because there were um games where it felt like he was starting to taper off finally I don't know if this was a one-year wonder resurgence or not. I would say that he'll still be firmly outside of my top 10. I probably won't draft him inside the top 12 still, but I might take that back as we get closer. Like when we get really firmed up coming into redraft season and we know mm-hmm. a lot more information, I, I'll take him over Tom Brady. I'll tell you that right now. And I, yeah. I don't know if I can take him god damn it maybe i'll take him over daniel jones too i don't know i don't know dustin gino is a hard one to peg down all right so here let, let's play let's play the uh the game here i'm gonna i'm okay. gonna start naming off quarterbacks okay. and you tell me when you would take him over these quarterbacks done all right Derek carr yes russell wilson <sighs> yep tua Ooh, I don't know, man. Tua, we can talk about him in a little bit. He was the quarterback 10 in points per game. We Mm -hmm. saw what he did his very first year with all of these pieces together. It just depends. Tua is very hard as a case study because I don't know what his future looks like. If everything Mm -hmm. is clear, if he's good to go, there's no medical concerns and he just going to be out there, which is a lot to presume, then I would take Tua above Gino. All right. How about A.A. Ron? Oh, Gino. All day. All right. Brady, we already talked about. Yep. Um, Herbert, I'm going to assume you're going to take over Gino. Uh, we can talk about Herbert a little bit as a okay. transition out of this here, but Herbert is going to be undervalued extremely next year. All right. Goff? That's an interesting line. I think that is the exact line of like, and they'll probably be close to each other in ADP, I presume. Mm -hmm. I think you'll have your pick between those two, and I think it's going to be a tough decision on the clock. I think right now I would lean with Jared Goff. Okay. But it will be close. All right. Fair enough. Okay. So 
we had our top 12 and then we can get into like individual players here uh briefly so outside of the top 12 here i'm gonna i'm gonna list off the next 12 for you jake out of these 12 the next top 12 do you think that there's any of these that are going to crack into the top 12 next year are we talking adp or like overall finish just overall finish okay all right just to kind of keep things simple all right so at number 13 we had rogers so I'll just list them off here. So we have Rodgers, Lamar, Tua, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, Dak Prescott, Kyler, Marcus Mariota, Davis Mills, Andy Dalton, Mac Jones, and Jacoby Brissett. Now, what I, I, a disparate group. The now, names that you put in next to each other is outrageous. But this this was this was by total points. So we obviously know Kyler, Dak. Tua, Lamar, all had injuries this year. Yep. I would expect them to be in the top 12 next year. Yes, yes. Correct? Okay. For, for We're on the same page there. Outside of those four quarterbacks, mm-hmm. was there any of these other ones I listed off that you think can crack the top 12 next year? I guess the, <laughs> the big one is Russell Wilson. Thank you. Are, 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 gonna are we going to see what we saw the last couple games of the season after Hackett got fired and the offense kind of picked up a little bit. Do we see that Russell Wilson next year? Or do we see more of the same as what we saw this last year? I don't mean this to sound callous. I truly don't. And I know that you're going to think I'm a liar for saying that because it's Russell and I love nothing more than to be an asshole to Russell Wilson. I do not mean this to be callous. I didn't see anything in the last couple of games where I was still like, yeah, going forward, he's a locked-in guy. It was great. He had a couple of good ends of finishes, but he was going against the the Chargers in Week 18 when there was the playoff in- implications were just not there for them. Like it was pretty much decided in that week. I want to I want to say that I called attention to that in in that week. Mm-hmm. Um, I I believe so. But it was like, yeah, okay, a glimmer of of that at the end is understandable, especially after a team loses their head coach. There's always that week after. It seems like mm-hmm. every time it happens where there's the like, bump. Let's go get one for the Gipper, whoever yep. the, the new Gipper is. They don't even know yep. who that is, but there's always that one bump up. So I'm not putting too much stock into that. He didn't like light my socks on fire. It's just who, who do they truly enlist? What help does he get in the off season? Do they, I think the question is, if they stay exactly as they are with their receiving core, Mm -hmm. and they'll probably do a Broncos thing and add another couple of running backs into the mix, all middling running backs, as they wait for Javante Williams to get cleared for full health. Mm -hmm. Is that enough? I don't know. I don't know that that's enough. We'll see what new system is brought in, but he could be a value. For dynasty purposes, I'll trade for him now and hope that they figure out a way to, from inside the ship, rebuild that thing. Right. But I don't know. Yeah, he is a really tricky one, and I don't know how to feel about it. I mean, just he's definitely going to be outside the top 12 in ADP next year for sure. I would be shocked if he's inside the top 12 ADP, even though I know he has that name recognition. I just 
don't see that now. Now in your individual home league, yeah, there's probably going to be some of your your league mates that will draft him earlier just based off the name recognition and what he's done historically. But if you're in a more sophisticated, you know, degenerate league like we typically are in, you know, he's he's not going to go in the top twelve. Here's here's where I run into a lot of issues with this eleven to fifteen to 18 range of quarterbacks. Who is so good right now that we're saying you're definitively going to stay within that top 12 or you're going to move up? There's so many. I mean, we were talking about the Geno Mm -hmm. Smith game with him and Daniel Jones and all those guys, Jared Goff. Is there anybody? We don't know what's happening with Derek Carr right now. We don't know who the San Francisco quarterback is. We don't know who the Washington quarterback. Sean Watson, I'm out on in that respect. Aaron Rodgers, I'm out on even if he does come back. There's so many questions that it's not, it doesn't seem crazy to me that Russell finds his way back in there. Mm -hmm. I think what I'm curious about, if you could send Jared Goff in your Dynasty Superflex League, for Russell Wilson straight up, would you do that? Because I think no. that's a very real... No, you wouldn't do that. No, no, I would keep Goff. If you could get additional resources on top of that, if you could trade Goff and get Russell in a second round pick, would you even consider it then? If we're... What kind of format are we talking here? Sorry, I got to get a little Super bit... Flex. It's super just flex. super flex. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think then I might, because Goff is still your, I'm assuming is going to be your number two quarterback. So you're essentially swapping number two quarterbacks. And I do think Russell will improve next year under a better system and a better head coach. Will he be top 10, top five like we'd seen for years? No, I don't expect that but I do expect him to improve. So if I could get Russell Wilson as my number two, plus a little something on top of it for Jared Goff. Yeah, yeah, I think I would do that. He feels very much high risk, high reward. Yes. Right now, because if he just gets it back together, we've seen what he can be as a fantasy asset. If if nothing else, and it's very good. It's very consistently good, but I do wonder if like the big upside of Russell is still there. And I, I don't know. Dude. Yeah, that I don't know. One or two years, maybe figuring this way as the, the sure lion starter. Mm-hmm. Like that almost still might be worth it as opposed to Russell Wilson in the second round. It, it could be, um, especially if you expect their offense to take another step forward this next year. You get Jamison Williams, who's coming, going to be back fully healthy. We saw him flash at the end of the season. You've still got all the weapons there. Who knows what they add? in the off season this year, either via draft or free agencies. So yeah, I mean, golf may be the better option moving forward in the short term. It, it, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. I think both of those guys could be argued as a, a trade low candidate in dynasty formats mm-hmm. right now. Here's one guy that I would just love to talk to that doesn't really fit into any of our rhythms that, that we're talking about right now. He, he, is supposedly going to come back. His coach just announced that he is finally, he's he's going to come back. He took some time to consider he's going to come back next year. Talking about Matthew Stafford, the Rams. So his injuries, he's getting up there in age. Everybody on that team 
is at the precipice. Mm-hmm. Like McVeigh was almost going to step away, supposedly. Again, he pulled back. He's going to be there. Cooper Cup, he's getting up there. Mm-hmm. Alan Robinson, obviously. Like that whole crew. That's a dead man walking right there. There's no youth on that team outside of, I guess, Cam Akers, you could say. How dare you say that sort of thing with Tutu Atwell on that team and Van <laughs> Jefferson? You're right. <laughs> Lest we even talk about Ben Skoranek more. But I do think it's very interesting if everybody, if the whole gang gets back together for one more genuine attempt at it. Mm-hmm. It seems like that's where they're heading towards. Do you put faith back in Matt Stafford? Could he maybe be the guy who gets close enough to the top 12 again for next year? I think he could be, uh, especially if I was going to punt the quarterback position super hard, mm-hmm. wait until like the 14th round, you know, just wait till the yeah. end. Cause you're not going to have to draft him before then. Let's be honest. Like even with his name and the team and, and everything else, like you're not going to have to draft him early whatsoever. So if I was punting super hard and going for, like I'm going to draft a couple of quarterbacks I think have that upside that could flirt with the top 12 or will definitely have QB one weeks in mm-hmm. there. I think Stafford would be a good candidate for that. I mean, There's Cup, kind of a world where Daniel Jones and Matt Stafford, you draft both of them. If you're into that, I understand some people just don't want to do that. Like in our league, we would absolutely do that because you have to have two quarterbacks. There's a world where that combination mm-hmm. could win you the league next year. Absolutely. Only if things right. Not even a lot of things have to go right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, the only thing that I'm a little hesitant with is, you know, Cooper Cup coming off that injury. Is he going to come back like 100% to start the season? If that's the case, then yes. You know, as we're going through the offseason here and and all reports out of camp and in his personal videos on Instagram or whatever, like he's going full speed. There's zero restrictions. Like, yeah, give me Matthew Stafford at cost. I I think he could return good value. I like that. I think that's also a good way to address this question. Like, what is your strategy? We Again, we talked about it. It feels like it's a very condensed group at the top. Mm -hmm. It's your... Pat Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, still Justin Fields, as we talked about. Um, Kyler Murray, I would assume, is still in that tier for most people. Same with Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. And maybe Trevor Lawrence is now a part of that tier. Justin Herbert, on the fringe for some people, I would still include him there. Mm-hmm. After that, it's a black hole. It's the Milky Way. Nobody knows why you don't think what to make of this next group. So you've got nine quarterbacks, basically, you would be comfortable taking relatively early in a draft. Like if you were going QB early. Yeah. So, so you have so you have about nine you'd feel comfortable with. I would say, and and of course there's some decreasing levels. Well, yeah, to I'm that. not they saying might you'd not take, all be in their one tier. Yeah, I'm not yeah. saying you'd take yeah. Lamar in the first round or right. you know, like I'm not saying that, but but as far as like being super confident, like, okay, these quarterbacks, it's a set it and forget it basically every single week. Yep. You, you yeah. And I think that that, that is the group. With. And I think okay. that it's not necessarily um, conspicuous that that same group is the ones that are the ones I would target for consistency in Dynasty League mm-hmm. right now. And some of these guys down this list that have flashed 
this season, if you can get somebody to draw into that aspect of it, again, even with Daniel Jones, as much as I do love and appreciate that upside, if you can get some some way to put him in a trade to get you a guy like Kyler Murray, who has been maybe forgotten about a little bit right now because of the injury. Like I still well, maintain that his super interesting. Is great. I, I think he's going to be an interesting topic of conversation this whole offseason, just with the coaching change there now. Mm-hmm. Who are they bringing in? What style of offense are they going to be running? Is it going to be better than what this Cliff Kingsbury offense was? I think most people are going to say, yeah, it's going to be because their offense wasn't that great. But is it going to be better for him? Yeah. I don't know. Kyler did not certainly seem to get along with the idea of the offense or with Cliff Kingsbury in general. So I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I'm just optimistic. That's that's going to be one of the more closely watched storylines for me this offseason. Uh, especially since I invested in Car- Kyler uh, in redraft this last year, uh, which it kind of worked out most weeks. I mean, you know, he mm-hmm. finished in. Where did he finish Kyler? He was, you know, top seven in points per game. So, I mean, that definitely worked out there, but him missing time. And then, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this offense changes since they were that more, you know, four wide spread offense. You know, do they keep Hopkins? It'll, it's like I said, one of the more interesting storylines I'm going to keep a close eye on this offseason. Absolutely. And to that end, going into next season and starting this offseason of Dynasty Trading, I'm going after these guys. So Kyler included. I, I still put him there, but I understand the question. Mm-hmm. But I'm going after your Jalen Hurts, your Patrick Mahomes, your Josh Allen, like, I'm normally not that guy. I'm the guy who tries to outsmart everybody with quarterback. Now I'm going to wait and take these values here. I'm going to wait for the Kirk Cousins drop to happen. I'm going to wait for uh, Trevor Lawrence to ascend. And like to some extent, yes, that can work. But in Dynasty especially, I'm so tired of the year-to-year rigmarole of the middle ground guys. And there's a, a plethora of them, as we talked about. I'm mm-hmm. going to try my best to put my eggs in the quarterback basket, especially in Dynasty. Like I will go after Patrick Mahomes as hard as I can this offseason to see if I can get some of these more potentially flash-in-the-pan players uh, coupled with you know a decent enough package to go get them. Is that something that you're interested in, or are you still playing the kind of late-round game with that? I th- I think in Dynasty... Getting at least one stud quarterback is the way to go. And I know I have a team that Kirk Cousins is my starter and like nothing else behind there. Like I have like Nate Sudfeld is like my backup quarterback. Like, <laughs> like I, like, like I have nothing behind Cousins. I have Wentz, but again, he didn't start a lot of the season. So it's like I don't consider him an actual starting or an option. I'll hold on to him because yeah, he'll start at some point, but. Uh, yeah. So, yes, I agree with you. You need at least one stud quarterback on your dynasty roster in Superflex for sure. Yeah. Do you have to Get have a second one? one? No, because you don't have to start a quarterback in the Superflex position. You awesome. just don't. That is that is a myth that is perpetuated out there that you have to have two starting quarterbacks. Does it help? Yes, it does. Is it and necessary? Look, no. 
Joe Flacco is going to start four games next season anyways. You can just wait, pick him off of waivers a couple weeks before that, slot him in for those four weeks, and then figure out the rest of it. So I'm with you. Exactly. Yeah. But no, I think, yeah, going after a stud quarterback, you're going to have to overpay. Like, that's just no going in. You're going to have to overpay probably by a lot to get one of those top five quarterbacks because they're young and they're really, really good. Damn it. Why do the good football players have to be so expensive? I know. I know. Don't like it. So I'm one last question here, and then we'll we'll move on and move off the QB and we'll go do some more DFS talk and beer bet for next week, kind of finish up the show. But I want to name off a handful of quarterbacks here. Do you think there's any chance these quarterbacks could be fantasy relevant next year? Hit me. All right. Jimmy G. Yeah. Yeah. There's the world. Yeah. Derek Carr. Yeah. Still, these are these are the the two hot names on the quarterback market right now. It's all about landing spot for them. I know we talked about Russ already, so we won't get back into that. How do you have any faith? Assuming he comes back, Aaron Rodgers. No. Zero. I have faith this year. I will have less faith next year. How about Sam Darnold? No, no. I even when he was playing well, for fantasy's sake, at least this year, I couldn't get myself to believe him for a, for a week, let alone a season. All right, two more. They're gross. Mac Jones. No, Bill O'Brien no. is coming back to the Patriots. I don't care. I'm not All in right. Mac Jones. All right, one last one. Kenny Pickett. Any interest there? Kenny Pickett, I'm actually a little bit interested in. I do think there was flashes. I know people are upset because Matt Canada is going to stay there, uh, and they wanted a big change, an overhaul on offense. I don't know that you need an overhaul. Steelers fans feel that way. I don't know that you do for fantasy, at least, because I think Pickett, with a full offseason here with these guys, they might still add some to the crew, some weapons. I think that he played just Fine. I think that he's going to become a Kirk Cousins-esque type of fantasy asset. All right. Well, that sounds good. All right. Any any last thoughts here before we uh, say goodbye to the quarterback recap here for this for this season? And I know we're going to be talking quarterbacks and stuff throughout the offseason here, but this is kind of our show where we're really just hyper-focused on them. Uh, I just want to wish Matt Ryan well in whatever his next career is or whatever his next endorsement line is. I hope you get all of the endorsements, Matt Ryan. I I wish nothing but good things for you. uh, And I'll be sad when I have to drop you off my dynasty team this (laughs) offseason. All right. Fair enough. So should we do another underdog championship round? I mean... DFS. What else are we going to do? You know, what else are we going to do? We should. We All should. Right. Well, let me pull it up here. I've, I've got it ready to go. All right. Let's do this thing. All right. We get, we're good? We're good. Of course, we're going to go for the five multiplier. Right? Obviously. Obviously. Right. Okay. So, do you want to focus on the two games or just focus on one? I would like to start with the game that we have the most confidence in how the game script is is going to go. For me, that is Cincinnati versus 
Kansas City. All right. I, I feel like that's that. a right. We have a little bit more info, maybe more assurances on that. All right. So we've got Joe Burrow. Anything we got half an interception, 276 passing yards, 276 and a half. Any interest in those? Yeah, I, I'm pulling up Joe Burrow right now, actually, for all of their games against the Chiefs, because that's the big the big thing mm-hmm. is what he's done against the Chiefs. And Patrick Mahomes, a little bit hobbled, so I think that brings down some of those opposing lines, but I think that then Joe Burrow won't necessarily have to do as much. So that's why I like going after this game. He's averaged in the last two games against the Chiefs, he's averaged 366 yards. Whew. It doesn't mean that he's going to do that now, again, especially Obviously. if Patrick Mahomes can't put up as much. But Patrick Mahomes on one leg still looked pretty damn good and still had Trevor Lawrence and the Jags having mm-hmm. to continue throw. So I do think that that's a good higher line to take. All right. I like that. I agree. Joe Mixon, any interest in, in Joe? I just never have any interest in Joe Mixon. It's right. not even the personal stuff anymore. It's just like I d- he is so volatile. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. There's no rhyme or reason. Samaje P. Ryan, on the other hand, I'm actually a little bit interested in. Um, 16 and a half rushing yards for Samaje. That's if we Katina. think that the Bengals will take a little bit of a lead here, a little bit of comfort, maybe towards the end. I could see them. Using Samaje maybe on the last handful of drives. 16 and a half yards does not seem that outrageous for him no. to get. He got 33 yards this last game against Buffalo, for instance. Mm-hmm. All right, so, let's hit the higher. We can always change it if, if we uh, find something a little bit more juicy we like. I like it. Like a guy named Jamar Chase or a guy named T. Higgins, that yeah. kind of deal. I, this 85 and a half receiving yards, I like that line. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Trenton Irwin, eight and a half receiving yards. <gasps> you know I love nothing more than to take these gross, low numbers. Uh, but even for me, I can't quite do that. Um, yeah, so then, okay, we got Patrick Mahomes, 273 and a half passing yards. <sighs> Mahomes on one leg again. I know. What can they do outside of him? Do we think Isaiah Pacheco and Ronald Jones and Jarek McKinnon are good enough to carry the workload where they will ease off of Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, I don't think so either. He has averaged in his last three games against the Bengals, by the way, he's averaged 280 passing yards, just barely on the higher end of that thing. They really have had his number. This is a very smart line from them. I'm not interested in it either way, if I'm honest. Okay. I don't know if I want to hit any of these running backs in this game. I just, I am not confident in any of it. Is there, what's Jarek McKinnon's total rushing and receiving? Cause that's 57 the one I might seven and a half. Oh, that's a frustrating line, but it does feel like if, if Mahomes is going to have to be doing a lot of dump offs or rely on that kind of thing, he's interesting. What do we think? I know you scrolled past this, but what do you think about the half interception? Mahomes in this circumstance I'm leaning more and more towards trying that again he's hobbled since he's really had his number yeah I don't like that though it's Patrick Mahomes I just (laughs) he's 
No, I, I'm not. Unless there's not anything else that we really see here, I'm not. I don't want to take on that one. Fair, fair enough. And you have right, his receivers. A, yeah. So we've got Juju with 45 and a half, MBS with 28 and a half, Kadarius 34 and a half, Kelsey with 78 and a half. I feel like that's a really low line for Kelsey. Do you? I feel like his line hovers pretty close to 80 yards in perpetuity. Like they're never going to give him too much of a discount. I want to hit the higher on that. I'm sorry. I just feel confident. Go for that, it. That will hit that one. Hey, you go for it, man. I was interested a little bit in Kadarius Tony for the same reasons as Jarek McKinnon, honestly. As just like, I need somebody borderline gadgety because I'm hobbled here to just get some yak. And it feels like Kadarius Tony would do that. That's not a bad right. line. He got 36 no. yards last week. Yeah, let's hit that one. I like that. Yeah, any interest in a kicker? I uh, think it's going to be a field goal type this- of game game not in this game i'm a little too timid about it for this because i don't know how that's going to shake out do you want to go to jamar chase and do you want to really level into something there take that 85 and a half i i will be honest i will take the higher on it if we're going to pick one you know i'm going to take it just because it's my money we're uh, playing with here (laughs) so That's fair. That's fair. Is it is it intriguing to you at all that he has only hit that once in the last five games? Does that matter to you? No, no. Okay. I, th- I mean, he can go off at any time. And I think That's true. And I just I don't know. I, I I'm just doing it. That's fair. That's fair. But we're comfortable we're, with everything locked in. We're, we're good locking go. it in. All right, let's do this. We're we're really into this game. I'm going to be paying so much attention to this, mm-hmm. even more than usual. I love it. All right. So, Jake, that only leaves one thing left on the docket for this week, and that is our beer bet of the week. And it is your turn to offer up said bet. So what do you got for me? So obviously we don't have a lot to work with now we have the two games but they're good enough games and i'm going to take us away from our dfs uh mode we're we're going to work on the san francisco and philly game all right and we are going to work receiving core versus receiving core let's repeat last week let's run it back but give you the option do you want Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown? Do you want Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and company? What no do you tight want? ends, just wide receivers, right? Just wide receiver. You know what oh. might, might be more interesting is just tight end versus tight end. George Kittle versus Dallas Goddard. But I kind of want to run it back like last week. I want to do receiving core. All right. Ooh, this is a good one. I actually really like this. This is not... Oh, thank you. It's tough. Can I let me add this caveat? Because I think it's important. Total yards for the receiving core. Total yards for the receiving core. This opens up a little bit of the rushing trickery for, let's say, a Debo Samuel type. Because I do think that that's important to balance it out. Mm-hmm. So you're going to say total yards, not fantasy points. Correct. Total so yards. Total, just total yards. That's receiving, right. rushing whatever okay yeah. 
Well, I get, you know, I'm probably overcomplicating it. Fancy Points literally does that same thing. I don't think I need to reinvent the wheel. That's a good call out. Let's just do Fantasy Points. Okay. It's a big one. Because there's really, uh, beyond the depth chart of the initial two guys, mm-hmm. you've got the comparable just like big play yeah. potential on either side. Juwan Jennings or Quez Watkins. I don't know. It's the same fucking guy. <laughs> I'm I'm going to take the Philadelphia wide receiver room. Dustin taking Philly. Right on. Right on. I like this one a lot. So I'm glad. This is a good one. No, this is good. I mean, it could really go either way. Honestly, at the end of the day, I just feel like Philadelphia's a little bit better team. They don't have the the rookie quarterback going into such a big game, uh, which I think ultimately is the needle mover for me. And not that Jalen Hurts has been in, you know, NFC championship game, but he's got more experience. He's been in big games as a college player before. I really just like what Philadelphia is doing this year. Like they're just, they're just humming. They've been humming along at a 10 the entire season, even when Hurts was out, like they didn't miss. Yeah. They lost a couple games, but it's not like they were, missing a big beat there so right i i I thought your needle mover would be christian mccaffrey not being included in the receiving group and him potentially being the travis kelsey of this game and taking away from san francisco but that just stacks on to your point Mm -hmm. of why you took philly so god damn it i'm rooting so hard for brock purdy really what i'm rooting for is a massacre in the first half where the Eagles just dominate and broadcast to keep throwing <laughs> all of the second half. That's what I'm hoping for. Well, that very well could happen. So <laughs> we we will see come uh, Sunday. So that'll do it for this week. Any last words, Jake, here before we sign off? Enjoy football. It is not here for long. That's right. That's right. We are almost in the dead zone of of football until free agency starts in mid-March. So, yeah, it'll be the humdrums, the deep winter of the NFL offseason. It's coming. Enjoy it. We're going to have some pretty kick-ass episodes for that dead time, I have to say. Oh, absolutely. And we're probably going to have some really good guests joining us to, to tease a little bit. Uh, but yeah, we're going to have some good content. Don't worry about that. Uh, as always, folks, go out, give us a rate and review wherever you review your podcast. It helps everyone find us, especially in this off season. You're looking for more things to do now that you don't have football to focus on. Focus on some uh, football content with DTFF. Rate and review us. Helps others find us uh, easier. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. You get to see us live every week. Interact with us in the chat which is always a lot of fun. We'll answer your questions if you have them. That's what we're here to do, especially now in the off season where, you know, uh, things are a little bit looser. It's more evergreen content and not so much like specific in the weeds as far as uh, week to week uh, decisions. If you have more long range dynasty questions or upcoming redraft questions, that's what we're here for. And I think that'll do it. Do you feel good about this, Jake? I feel great about this. Oh, you feel great. I love it. All right. Well, until next time, folks. Peace, love, humptiness forever. Cheers, FFers. Oh,